as we begin this liturgy. I said it is with both sadness and joy that I wish to convey to you this news that Father Seraphim, our beloved Father Seraphim, has passed away 12 hours ago on the Feast of Our Lady. It was the Feast of Our Lady of Lourdes. And this is the feast that she herself gave herself the name, I am the Immaculate Conception. She gave this, revealed this truth about herself, uh, which God gave her that great privilege of being preserved from the original sin and in that mystery of God, where he initiated the gift of salvation to us through his son, through his mother. Today, um, I'd like to share couple things with you in the first place I'd like to begin with the book of Genesis and I'll tell you why it's very appropriate for us for me today and for all of us to see this reality which we call passing away from this life to eternity by our, our brother how appropriate this reading is for that which we'll, I'd like to share with you as my own reflection. The chapter three of the book of Genesis is first of all a story of the original sin. It is also the place which contains the full account of what happened to our first parents and how they succumb to the temptations of the evil one. The evil one, the father of lies, as Jesus calls him, became a teacher and guide for our first parents, and they listened to him rather than to God. He placed himself in that position of being someone who is concerned, someone who cares, someone who cares for them. Is it, did God really tell you not to eat from any of the trees in the garden? He knew this, but this is how he approaches did God really tell you? And the woman says, yes. Yes, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. It is only about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden. And God said, you shall not eat it or even touch it lest you die. Okay, now the evil one, the father of lies, not only begins with the question, you know, did God really say? And then all of a sudden he becomes the interpreter you certainly will not die with that conviction. God, no, God knows well that the moment you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like gods who know what is good and evil. No, this is not, God knows. God is preventing you from becoming godlike. The initial moment of this question is to place distrust in the hearts of our first parents, distrust that God is preventing them from having something, acquiring something, because otherwise, if he would not put this restriction, then they would be like gods. They'll have the knowledge of the good and, you know, good and evil. And so here it is, the interpreter, the father of lies, introduces into our first parents a distrust of God, distrust. And it continues, yes, well, it looks appealing to the eye, 
seemingly is good, yes, and then it is good for us because we wish to attain this wisdom. So the evil one proposes us to become like God without God. He proposes us to become like God without him and basically saying no to him. That is what he's doing. And we, our first parents fell in, in, in that frame of their hearts, wishing to possess this wisdom, wishing to possess perhaps that, that ability to be the capacity to be like God. Yet God had a plan for us from the very beginning so that we not only are created by him, but we will share his divinity, wanted to divinize us. And so what happens, as we know, tomorrow we read the readings, not only the consequences of, fools, of the sin, like today we hear the first, is that we, are, we became afraid of God. Once we committed sin, we wanted to hide from God. And then we became of our own nakedness. We became, and, and, and the shame that results from that, there's nothing to us. We don't look ourselves in that original beauty, but we, say, we see it through the, through the eyes already. Distorted vision, we see the ugliness or the brokenness because that's what happened to us once we said yes, no to God, to his love, to his plan of divinizing us, we were left alone. But God did not leave us alone, as tomorrow's reading will say. He promised us already there will be a woman and his offspring that will destroy the head of a serpent, as woman is Our Lady, and her offspring is Jesus himself. The eternal word became flesh, the eternal word that became our Redeemer, our Savior, who became one of us so that he may manifest the Father's love, that he may introduce to us a new confidence in the Father, whose love knows no bounds. So this is what we are celebrating. That's the reason why we, we, we not only reflect on this first reading, but that second reason is because of trust. Here at the National Shrine, ever since 1941, we have proclaimed, not in this particular physical place, because from here, from 1943, but from Washington, D.C., in 1941 and from Stockbridge from 1943, we have been proclaiming this message of God's mercy that it is possible for us, that it is not only possible, but God will give us the grace to trust in him, to undo the sin of the ori original sin, to trust in him. Jesus, I trust in you. The original sin is a sin that removed from us the trust because the evil one led us there and we followed him and listened to him. Even though today we already have been redeemed by the, by the precious blood of Christ, we have received baptism by which we were, we removed that original sin, but we know that there's still consequences that are within us. The consequences called concupiscence, which is the predisposition to sin, predisposition not to trust, predisposition not to love, not be afraid. And those are the still immense with us but with the gift of his son, with the gift of Jesus, our Lord, we have received the power through the Holy Spirit to have confidence and call God our Father, Abba. We can call him Abba, we can call him Father, loving Father, that we can trust in him. And in Jesus, we're able to enter the, the divine Trinitarian love. And in him, if we say, Jesus, I trust in you, we also say, Jesus, 
I not only I trust in you, I trust the Father's plan for my life. I trust the Holy Spirit's role in giving me the capacity to say yes, to know him, to be sanctified, divinized by him. And here we come not only to the shrine which proclaims the mercy of God, the powerful need for our trust in him, but it is also here that Father Seraphim spent all his life, literally all his life, not too far away from here, at the age of 13, he heard of the message of God's mercy. He heard the message of God's mercy from one of our priests, Father Pell, Father Plachinsky, Walter Plachinsky, who uh, spoke about this new message in Father Seraphim's house. And Father Seraphim, as one of 10 children, listened to this priest who was relating the story of St. Faustina, or she was not saint at that time, but the revelations of God. Soon after, the pastor invited Father Joseph Jajambrowski, the one who initiated, who brought this message of God's mercy. Several years before, he came to the parish and he spoke about this message of God's mercy. And Seraphim, Father Seraphim, as a youngster, 14 years old, he listened to the story. And at that very moment, he said to God, I want to be a priest and I want to promote this message of God's mercy. At the age of 14, soon after he entered our minor seminary, he went to Washington DC at the high school level. Uh, he completed it, entered the, entered the novitiate, professed his vows, and then continued on the journey to be a priest. He studied here in the States. He also studied in Rome. He not only completed his theology, but continued. He discovered that his father was Eastern Rite, that his father was Eastern Rite, and so he was ordained as Eastern Rite priest. All throughout his life, he was by ritual. He completed his studies, and in, in the, the message of divine mercy was always with him in, along these, his priestly ministry. And after being ordained, he, he was a teacher. He was a professor at Catholic University as well. Uh, then he was subsequently became pastor of Eastern Rite parishes that took him to Australia, Pennsylvania, Ohio, uh, different places where he became a pastor for the Eastern Rite, for Eastern Rite Catholics. As you know, it's the, the Byzantine Rite, as it's also known, and uh, in the, especially working in a Melkite, with the Melkite churches. But at any rate, but uh, soon after, the Lord drew, drew him close to, to the ministry, which was initiated as the Bethany House of Intercession. It was a ministry that he worked with close with Archbishop George Pierce, who passed away. He was a Marist. Uh, also, um, he worked with Father George Kosicki and several others who initiated this, this special type of ministry to help priests. Yes, priests, in their, with their limitations, you know, the difficulties they had to endure through the special program to empower them to become more holy, to be, become more prayerful. And many, many priests went through this program. But in 1979, you know, a year after the ban was lifted by Ben was lifted by the, by the Holy See, by Pope Paul VI. 
One year later, the community called him to get involved with the promotion of divine mercy. And from there, that moment on, he never stopped. So for 41 years, 42 years, he continually worked on behalf of the promotion of divine mercy in whatever capacity was possible. He brought the diary, uh, you know, in, in a sense, it was for secretly, he brought it here to the United States. We published the original diary in Polish. He was very much involved with the translation into Polish, um, so the English, Spanish, working even in, even in the Chinese version as well. He was always the one that people will go to. He became the expert in the, in, the, in the message of divine mercy. And many, many people would say to us, if Stockbridge okays it, then it's okay, it's kosher. And primarily Stockbridge meant Father Seraphim, who was at the foundation of it all. And, and so he was able to, to share this message across the board to protect it. It's in an integral way, in integrity, that we do not diluted, that we do not go any place else. He wanted to make sure that this message is, is, is given to us and promoted by us in its authentic way, as it was given by Father Sopochko, the spiritual director of, of St. Faustina. Uh, he gave it to Father Joseph. Father Joseph brought it. Father, Father Polczynski and other Marians embraced it. And then it was continued to be promoted by Father Seraphim. His love for the message was so clear. He wanted to always deepen his knowledge of every form that the, that, that the new form of devotion that our Lord entrusted to Faustina. He deepened it all the way, even, even you know, lately. He worked together with a professor from Gdańsk University in Poland on deepening our knowledge of the image and its theological components. He shared with him, and this book eventually will come out, an extraordinary book, very, very um, uh, uh, academic in its nature, but we will be able to translate into English and share with you. His life was Christ. His life was divine mercy. His life was Our Lady. His life was about the Eucharist. His life was about giving deeper insights into the knowledge, not only of the image, but also of the chaplet and the feast. That's what he wished to do. He wished to communicate these truths so that we, all of us, would be able to to understand, to grasp that we need to trust in him, trust in the power of his love, trust in the power of his mercy to undo the original sin, which continues to spread around the world. That original sin is not just original sin then, it is today. Today, what we say, we know better. God says, do not kill. God says, do not, especially, uh, protect human life. And what do we do? We, we enact laws which says completely different. We try to set aside that original gift that God gave us in the name of freedom or license or distortion because we are losing our perspective. And, and Father Seraphim and we as Marians, we understand that we need to give to the people, the very power by which they can enter into a deep relationship with God, because this message of divine mercy is a source of renewal for the church, because it, le it leads us back to the sacraments. As you know, for St. Faustina, all the, almost all the extraordinary 
experiences that she had were always dealing with the Eucharist. Either she meditated on this presence in her heart because whom she received, or, or it, it was an extension of, 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 of communion after communion that she reflected on this presence, almost always related to the Eucharist. Her very name, Saint Faustina of the Most Holy Eucharist, of the Blessed Sacrament, because she realized that, that it is in Jesus and through his presence in the most blessed sacrament that we have received the power, the energy, the, the grace to become more and more men and women of faith, men and women of fidelity to God, to his word, and a source of renewal for our church. So this message of divine mercy leads us to, to, the, to the Eucharist. It leads us back to the sacraments, sacrament of, of confession, this is the tribunal from which the Lord dispenses his gifts of forgiveness and mercy. Divine mercy leads us to a deepened level of prayer. Not only prayer which are given to us by the, by the chaplet and, and the novena, but it's also that persevering prayer. Pray always, pray the chaplet always, which means beg the Lord for his mercy through the gift of his son, who is our atoning sacrifice. Beg the Lord, plead the Lord, for ourselves and for others, for the whole world. Yes, for terrorists, for all these people, whoever, whoever they are, for all the broken ones who do not pray, pray for them, intercede for them. And this is for, for, for Father Seraphim and for all of us here, which he always gave us a witness that we need to do this. And he himself gave powerful witness of that interceding prayer as he prayed. I remember being, you know, the first time not the first time I met him, but when I came here in 1980, June 1st, soon after I was in a car with Father Seraphim, who was driving with two of his sisters, Sophia and, 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 and Victor, Vic, uh, 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 Sister Victoria, and also Marianne, and all of them were there. And the first thing they did is began, they began to chant the, the, cha the chaplet of thy mercy. That's how I learned it in a car driving for the first time. And the minute we got into a car to the place we drove to Adams, that's all we did. We prayed the chaplets together. We sang the chaplet. We were introduced into, I was introduced into their, their prayer life. And it was like, like from the start. Uh, this is what Father Seraphim did, but this is what we wish to continue. In a, in a way, he left us perhaps a little bit too early would wish to have him a little longer, although he lived for 90, 90 years. He was 90 years old, but his mind was clear. Even two months ago, he still gave an excellent conference to healthcare professionals. And, and, and he was able to always communicate this message, no matter to whom. Yes, there will be a time for us to, to, to see his life. We will be posting a, a beautiful uh, uh, reflection on him as a man of faith uh, on our website. It was put together by Felix. Many of the things that we there also post a little bit more concrete biography on him. We see what he did, who he studied, what type of work he did for the community. So we'll get to know him a little bit more. And finally, I would like to say is this, this Eucharist, not only is that gift that God gives us to, to us, he gives us this gift, this beautiful gift of himself, but we also are mindful that it is Our Lady that helped us. We are Marians of the Immaculate Conception. The mystery of the Immaculate Conception is with us. And as we know that it is God who initiated through her, he gave her that special gift 
so that we may be renewed and regenerated as humanity. That yes, that trust in God, which Our Lady said, let it be done to me according to your word. That yes, that we are to utter each day, yes to God, not be afraid, because his will is our salvation, his will is our joy, future joy, that we may also say yes to him. And we are saying yes by saying, Jesus, I trust in you. We're saying yes by saying, Father, that your will be done. Whatever you wish and desire, give me the grace. And this is what Father Serafin was. He was without guile. He wished to say, yes, blessed is the man to whom the Lord imputes no guilt. Blessed is the one who can say to the Lord, you are my God, you are my love, you are my merciful Lord. And we can say that with that humility of heart, because all the gifts that gives us, even when we honor Seraphim, Father Seraphim, it is God who gave him these gifts and through the session of Our Lady, the Immaculate One, and, and to show us that Our Lady wanted him to be with, with the Lord on her special day. I know that she prayed and she assisted because Father Seraphim was okay, seemed to be hitting even high point, and yet he, in the afternoon towards the evening, began to go slip quickly down, which was very unusual. And I understood that Our Lady wished him to be with the Lord on her feast day. The Immaculate One to whom Father Seraphim dedicated his life in her congregation was also the one who called him home on her special feast day. So may the Lord be praised, may Our Lady be uh, always honored by us with our heart, with our lips. And may the Virgin Mary's Immaculate Conception be our health and our protection. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.